Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, all the places. We're there. Social media, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. It's always Fort Worth Roots. And we're on YouTube. You can watch videos of this stuff going on. And uh, this episode, if you go to YouTube, once I get the YouTube video up, that always takes longer than anything else, is a YouTube video. Uh, once it's up, though, you can see the, the fantastic uh, recording studio that I have here. It's a room in a house with a bunch of Fort Worth Root stuff all over the walls. So I know you're looking forward to that. But that's on YouTube, Fort Worth Roots. Go check it out. At the end of this episode, we have uh, a trailer from a podcast that we teamed up. They are also a DFW uh, podcast. They record right here. Uh, they are our neighbors. It's called Gone Cold Podcast, and it is a Texas true crime. They explore the unsolved homicides and missing person cases throughout the state of Texas, providing the victims and their families with a voice. Totally different than the show, but really cool, and it's getting uh, recorded here. Uh, in our backyard so really glad to team up with these guys they're going to be playing a trailer for fort worth roots on their show and uh we're going to do the same thing just kind of getting connected with uh creators in the area that's going to be a next step for the show and i'm really excited that we got teamed up with these guys they have 1.3 thousand ratings on uh apple podcast i only reason i'm bringing that up is because it's a huge number a lot of people like this show. So uh, I think we have like five, five ratings on Apple Podcasts. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you love the show, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Just, you know, maybe if you want to, no pressure. Our guest today is the host of the show, I Know Nothing About Beer. It's a podcast. Uh, and that's not what the show's about because he definitely knows things about beer. In fact, he brought some beers in this episode that uh, we get to try out. He tells me a little bit about the local breweries that they came from and a bunch of stuff about beer that uh, you might know, but I didn't. So good stuff. This was a fun episode, and I really like connecting with people like this. And, uh, you know, whenever you sit down with a, another podcaster, you never know where the conversation is going to go. But this guy has been all over the world, has a bunch of incredible stories, and uh, he shares that with us today. Thank you all for being here. Let's give it up for our guest today, Al the Brewer. And let's start the show. Um, this is from, I mean, I mention this brewery all the time in my podcast. This is Turning Point. This, this is, is Texas. Sponsor? No. Oh, come on, Turning Point. I mean, look, I love those guys. <laughs> and I, I'm so happy because they let me record at their brewery. Um, That's awesome. Pre-COVID, and I, I'm pretty sure they would let me no matter what. But, um, I, you know, I'm having their beer here because it's just really good beer. Okay. So this Texas with a dollar sign. It is a New England style, you know, the good old hazy IPA. And you know what you're doing. I saw the way you, you tilted the glass. So here's 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 your spiel. Um, you know, if the beer makes it to your lip, you're doing it right. All right. Um, the reason why, I, and I'll I'll show you. The, uh, no, just go ahead. And oh, go. Okay. The reason why is because when you just dump it in, you get way too much head on there, 
And then you're waiting for all that to fall down and you're just, you know, wait, wait, no, no, you just, you just give a little tilt, nice and slow, easy peasy. And you want a little, little something on there, but you don't need a whole lot. Al the beer master. I, man, I have such a good time with beer. And I'm actually, I'll give you the lion's share because I've got to drive home. So, <laughs> and yeah. this one ranks in, I think, at like 8% or something like that. So, you know, I get jealous sometimes when 8. I see. 8.1. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a stout one. I get jealous sometimes when I see other people's ideas for podcasts and I'm like, man, that was a good idea. You know, <laughs> I. This is one of them. Cheers, Holmes. Cheers. Hold on. Let me get this out of. Yeah. Little. Here's the deal. Um, I had been toying with the idea of, a, of a, some type of podcast in my head for a while. Mm-hmm. And I literally could have done a podcast on theology, um, guitars in general, or beer. And I just kind of was, um, I was at a uh, LAX. I used to work for American Airlines and I was waiting on a flight and I grabbed a moleskin and was just like, all right, I've been thinking about this for about two years and was like, all right, I'm going to get the idea down now. Did you and say you grabbed a moleskin? Moleskin. You know a moleskin journal? Uh-uh. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really popular journal. So oh, it's a, uh, yeah. And um, they're, they're just a little thicker and a little well more, a little better made. So you can buy them like, you know, airport little, you know, uh, the little, uh, what's called like the gift shops and yeah, all that. But you yeah. see them at Target, things like that. And they're just, um, they're popular within certain crowds. I just know that it's a good, steady thing to write in. So I opened up a moleskin and then I was like, first thing that came out of my head was like, I don't know nothing about beer. And I was like, that sounds pretty good. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're working for American Airlines at the time? Is I was working for American what Airlines. What were you doing for them? Uh, boring stuff. Um, no boring. Very boring. As in... Mm, I used to work in the HR compliance and that was, um, uh, how do I put this? If you want to work at the airport, you have to get, for any airline, you have to get fingerprinted sure. and you have a piece of paper where you write all your information on there and then you put it into the computer uh-huh. and you take your fingerprints and the prints get associated with that uh, information. Okay. And then you run a very big FBI background check and that background check would come to my desk and I would get separate it between who has a ginor, you know, who has a record mm-hmm. versus who has a non-record, meaning you have records behind your name or yeah. you are, have no record at all. This is going to take some time. I can get this done before so, lunch. Well, here's right? the deal. I don't care <laughs> whether you have, and I saw things, you know, 30 pages long yeah. or my, you know, a one page like we, NRs, no records. I just separate the two, give the records over to somebody else, uh, put the re- NRs and all that in front of me. And then I would check over to make sure all the information that you wrote down because I would get that physical piece of paper and what was on the computer were uh-huh. the same. Yeah. And I would do that between three and six hours a day. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That sounds terrible. Oh, it was boring. Yeah. Very, very boring. <laughs> but here's the deal. Um, a great team of people really liked them. Um, you know, I, there were other things that I did as well. Uh, but uh, no one's working at American Airlines for the pay. They, really? They're working for it for the uh, the benefits. Benefits, yeah. Because it's free flights within the U.S. and then you're only That's paying. Incredible. Oh, anywhere in the U.S., Hawaii, Alaska, New York, wherever, and then um, you know, uh, international flight benefits as well. You're just paying taxes. So I, oh, wow. in leaving American Airlines, I took a package out and I still have some flight benefits. So like three weeks ago, my wife and I were in Paris for the weekend. Dude. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And oh. Do you still, you just pay taxes to go to Paris? Yeah, it cost us, I think, like 300 bucks round trip. Jesus, dude. Yeah. Hook a, hook a guy up. Oh, <laughs> hook a brother up. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, um, I, I never would have ever considered working for the airlines when I was younger. Just, I don't, it wasn't on my radar. Oh, dude, it was, it was total chance for me. I, I was, um, I, uh, had recently been, uh, fired and, um, I, I, I cannot say from where on the podcast, but I, <laughs> I, I was recently fired from a place that I thought was going to work out and it did not. This was back then or now? This was, uh, about five, six years ago. Okay. So I've been in Texas, it'll be seven years in February. So this was about f- almost six years ago, five years, five, six years ago. And, um, uh, six years ago. So yeah, six years ago. And, um, I saw that you could apply to be a, not an intern, but like a, um, how do I put it? Like a, almost like a contract worker for the, for American Airlines. It's just a foot in the door. Yeah. And I remember waking up and going, oh, I'm probably not going to make it. I almost went back to my, back to sleep. My wife said, oh, do you have the interview? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> so I went in for a group interview and then on the way home, they were like, Hey, can you come back and take a drug test? And I'm like, sure and they're like are you gonna pass i'm like yeah you're like okay cool make sure you come on and I, I started working the next day and then i got hired full-time on the team four months later nice yeah yeah but Ed, as you get older you realize that these little fringe benefits are worth their weight in gold you know oh they're amazing if you yeah. are somebody that is into traveling then oh that's definitely worth it oh absolutely my cat my family all lives in southern california uh-huh. and so for me leaving american airlines was also like a this is going to be harder for me to see my family but yeah. my position was eliminated two weeks after i left mm-hmm. so i dodged a bullet so you stepped away yeah. and then they deleted your position yeah what'd you move into uh stay-at-home dad that's nice. what I've been doing since. I love yeah. it. It's amazing. Hardest, greatest job ever. Plenty of time for podcasting. No. No? <laughs> no, man. Um, Can't get a quiet moment to yourself? Well, here's the deal. Um, I, my, my wife is really supportive of it, and the, I've got two things going on. I've got my... Uh, I Know Nothing About Beer, which is going to hit season five. I'll probably start recording that. I was hoping this winter, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It'll probably like the be... the way you're doing it in seasons. That's cool. It's, it's the only way that works for me because it allows me a break in between. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I ended season four in like, I think it was June or something like that. And um, I knew I needed to just take a little break uh, because I'd only been doing this, the podcast a little over two years and I had four seasons. And yeah. so that was a bit much. And uh, it's so fun to do because I get to talk to all these cool people and you never know. And I don't know if you experience this or not, but you never know who's going to say yes. You know, yeah. I, you, you ask and you're like, you know, and there's a lot of people that I know really well mm-hmm. and they're like, no, nah, man, I'm just not an ideal. And I'm like, cool. Not going to ask you anymore. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I, I would rather keep up a relationship than try to pressure you to come out oh, on my yeah. stupid podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's incredible the people I've been able to talk to and just, you know chat about beer or turns into beer and then turns into something else or yeah it's great no i definitely agree with you and i I bring that up all the time when i'm talking to people about this podcast because a lot of people probably the majority of folks whenever we start talking about oh Mm -hmm. i heard you have a podcast how's that going and uh yeah you got to be kind of strategic on how you frame it with people because a lot of people that i run into Mm-hmm. don't listen to podcasts so they mm-hmm. don't they don't get it at all and yeah. then people that do listen to podcasts they're going well that's not npr or joe rogan so 
What do you well, really do? Well, and and you know the the I'll say the beer world po- podcast. Um, I I really tried not to fall into the rut because a lot of it is two guys drinking beer and it starts off with here's the beer we're drinking here's the sports we're into here's the part of my life that i need to complain about and oh yeah we're also drinking beer yeah um i don't care for that format no i don't either um it works there are really popular podcasts that do that yeah I and that i get that <laughs> that's just not me yeah and so my podcast i generally try to revolve around a central question mm-hmm. and I, I and i definitely let the conversation go in twists and turns but I'm almost always like three to five minutes out from going, okay, let's bring this back into yeah. what we were the, the, the central thesis and let's keep going on that. Yeah. Um, partly because I really want to know about it. I've got a buddy that's currently going through the process because his daughter is old enough now. I think she's like somewhere between 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to keep up. Not my kid. Yeah, yeah. But he's making her watch. I think this, this started a few years back. He, he started making her watch like all the Disney classics, you know, like okay. Homeward Bound and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And, and yeah. uh, now he's getting her into like the, the, the good stuff, you know, like the, the real classics, like Friday the 13th and, uh, you know, <laughs> the thirteenth kind of took a turn, but he's, that, that he's, is he's, that is a bit different. From Homeward Bound. Hey, are the doggy and kitty going to make it home? <laughs> oh my god, are the college <laughs> kids going to die in the lake? Yeah. So yeah, it took a turn, but he's he's just trying to catch her up. You know, he wants to make sure that she See, has the same values that he did. My my girls are are so adverse to anything that is scary, stressful, anything like that. Um, they. My, my daughter, I swear, my daughter's not going to know about Mufasa dying in The Lion King until she's like in college. <laughs> like, she's just not. She, we're just going to have to fast forward that part because she can't even take like the stampede. She's out. She, really? she is running Scary. behind the couch, sitting down, going, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> and then we fast forward to, oh, I just can't. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is fun again. Okay, I'm just great. here for the yeah. musicals. Oh. It, there's one musical that she won't like. It's the hyenas, whenever they start uh, talking about taking oh, we, control. Oh, we, we fast forward through that there's part. fire. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, she um, gets to the, the, the elephant graveyard. She's like, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm keep it going good. But yeah, she's she's just so much of a sensitive little soul. I don't, I don't think she's gonna watch an actual horror movie till she's like in college. That's about <laughs> it. It's just she's just got the sweetest little heart. Yeah. And where are y'all from originally? So I'm originally from Southern California. Okay, um, and that's where you said all your family's at. Yeah, all my family's out what there. What part of SoCal? Um, I grew up in the Lakewood Bellflower area, and uh, then um, is that north or Southern south California. Of- so uh, you know Long Beach. Yeah, so I've been to uh, San Diego. Okay, north of San Diego. Okay, south of San Francisco. South of San Francisco. I basically have a pin drop. Okay, 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 okay yeah. Uh, people know <laughs> Long Beach. Yeah. Um, so I was n- I'm north of Long Beach. Now, okay. I went to a church in Long Beach, and I kind of consider Long Beach a second home because okay. I've, I've been in the Long Beach area so much. Yeah. Um, but that's where I grew up. And then, uh, yeah, I grew up there, uh, went to Pepperdine, so stayed in Malibu, loved it there. Um, after Pepperdine, let's see, was at, was in China, was a uh, missionary and English teacher, what? came back from that. Slow down. You were a missionary? Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what, what did you do with your mission work? Um, I helped at a, uh, a, um, house church. Did you say Korea? Uh, China. China. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was in. Um, now everybody knows where. What at least everybody knows the name Wuhan. Oh, you've been there many times. Is any of this your fault? 
No, 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 no. <laughs> but when they say, you know, these people that um that that, the that wet say, markets. yeah, that say, oh, it couldn't come from wet market. Like you have not been to a wet market, man. <laughs> Dude, I we did a my my very first Thanksgiving in in China. Um, we had to buy a turkey, so we took a taxi to the river, got a little boat across the river, rented a little three wheeled like uh, it was it was a glamorized like three-wheeled car so it had this is to get one turkey yeah and because um, how many times you've been to a chinese restaurant and had turkey man good point yeah so <laughs> we got in this little little shed of a motorcycle car thing drove out was asking people on the road does anybody have a turkey we found the guy with the turkey and uh you know the turkeys know him i don't know if you know anything about turkeys or whatnot but like turkeys they get to know you and so they knew the the <laughs> farmer so he goes picks up the turkey and it's like all right weighs it out cool and then he puts it back down and we argue a price out and me and my buddies and we're, okay and then he goes all right and we pay him and he's like all right well there's your turkey and like well can you get it he's like well it's your turkey it's yours now, buddy. And so you know, like, so now he's just he's dying laughing watching the Americans chase this stupid turkey around. And uh, we I, we put it in a bag. We call it Tuck, and I get to hold Tuck. And then uh, we buy a duck, and we take the duck and the Tuck all the way back, all the way to the wet market. You got a turkey named Tuck and a duck named what? Uh, I can't remember. Seems like the duck should have been Tuck. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. What, I just remember Tuck. And then we get to the wet market, and um, I'm walking down the, the the little pathway to get to it, and there are cages of animals just shoved in together so tightly. Um, animals, all types. Uh, there's a, a a cage full of hedgehogs. I'll never forget it. Cage full of hedgehogs just crammed in there they couldn't move opposite of free range oh totally yeah. and uh you know they were they're just there for pets or to be eaten yeah. that was it and yeah. it's all types of animals we got to the the butcher for the the turkey and all that we handed him the turkey and uh we argued on the price what it cost to clean it up so he slits the throat of the turkey throws it in a on a barrel and to let it bleed out and uh he takes a hose and he's hosing down the turkey as it's bleeding out and the water's running down the barrel past our feet and into the gutter nice and i'm like oh and it just kind of opens my eyes to everything else around i'm like oh now this is for thanksgiving thanksgiving yeah, yeah. and so uh and i'm just watching all the blood go past me and down the, the the street and into the gutter and all that and i'm like oh yeah no that's this the street the, the street color the street isn't painted different it just hasn't been cleaned that's yeah that, you know that's a couple of years of blood and bile oh decades and, yeah decades well, it's got to rain sometimes. I mean, yeah, but um, <laughs> maybe not hard I, enough to watch I, that. I've off. just, I've just, after seeing that, smelling and being in that moment, it was like, you know, when I hear about like, you know, oh, it probably came for what market? But oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, but everything you're describing there, that's all Wuhan. No, that was my my hometown, Jingzhou. That was where okay. I was at. Okay, Wuhan. So Jingzhou was a, a village of a million and a half people. Uh -huh. Wuhan was like the next city over, and it was still considered wasn't like considered like the great city like yeah. Beijing or anything like that. But it was a big. I think it had like twelve and a half million people. Yeah, a million and a half in China. That's a, that's a village. That's a village. Yeah, yeah. Um, so whenever you're hashing out the prices with the the butcher and mm -hmm. the the guy that sold you tuck and the duck, mm -hmm. um, they've got two dialects down there. They've got. Oh, uh, so many Man dialects. Mandarin. Well, um, excuse me, two different main languages. You've got yeah. the city uh, language, you which have. is Mandarin, for the language of business. Yeah. What's the uh, rule? So, language? so you would say you have so hua is is like language word. Uh -huh. um, so you have Punghua, 
which is what we call Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And then you have Guangdonghua, which is what we call Cantonese. Cantonese. And so you have Gu- the city did of Guangdong. You, so did you have to know both of those? No, no, no. I'm just... horrible at language. Man, I'm half Mexican. I felt Spanish. <laughs> all right. I'm right there with you. Some uh, Spanish semester one, felt it two times. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> I'm really bad at it. Um, no, I um, I was really bad at learning languages and still, still am. But um, I memorized a lot of different, because there's no alphabet, it's all characters. And uh, the city where I was at, Jingzhou, had another city next to it, Sasur. And Jingzhou is kind of like the small part. It's, it's connected, to, it's its own two little cities, but you don't say you're going to Jingzhou, you say you're going to Sasur. Okay. And the thing is that the Sasur dialect um, was so, the accent in it was so thick that I was saying Sasur in Wuhan and they didn't understand me. Damn. Because I would say, uh, and I had to learn how to say it, because I was in Sasu, and that's how you say Sasher in Sasher. Oh, shit. So you say Sasu. <laughs> so I'm at this stupid bus station going, Woyao Sasu. And the lady's looking at me like, uh, and she looked at me, and I was like, Sasu. And she just like straight up went, Bull. And she's, I, I, I don't have to know what she said to say, know what she said. She was like, yeah, I don't get you, buddy. And she goes, next. And the next person just steps up in front of me. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like next to him. And I'm like, Sasha, <laughs> and then someone like in the back is like, Sasha, like Sasha. And then he comes up and he is interpreting, like, oh, no, he wants Sasha. And she's like, oh, Sasha. Okay, blah, blah, and gets a ticket. After that, I was like, screw it. I would go to the bus station and I knew the, the characters for Jingzhou or Sasser and point. Wuhan. <laughs> I get on the bus, I go, Sasser. And he go, way. And I, you know, do I, like, like, right. I go, you know, those yeah. And he's go, you tell me how much. And I go, there you go. And he go, go to the back. And I go, sweet. And I just walk into the back, sit in the back and just hope it didn't fill up too much. Yeah. Well, dude, sounds like you did better than I do. Um, I've, I've been trying to learn Spanish. I mean, I've lived in Texas my whole life. Mm-hmm. You got to know a little bit of Spanish. See, I have right. the accent. Like my grandparents are Span- are Mexican, uh-huh. so I can't say, like, 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 like salsa. Like I feel my grandmother's hand on the back of my neck. Like I have to say <laughs> salsa. You know, I don't say chorizo. I have to say chorizo. Yeah. So like when I'm talking, oh, like you know, I was ordering from Mexican place, La La, uh, La Conchita, uh, down the street from me. You know. I ordered my wife's meal. She was like, I you know, wanted a breakfast burrito with me. It was a breakfast burrito with beans and bacon. And then the lady's like, what do you want? I'm like, um, breakfast burrito, chorizo con papas. And she's like, okay, okay. You know, and she's like, you know, you want, and she says, I don't spend you know, cheese and other things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, so, and so I don't know enough Spanish. I know enough Spanish to get myself in trouble. Yeah. But if I had to get myself out of someplace, I could get myself back yeah. someplace else. I, I know enough now to like, if somebody cares to, mm-hmm. to afford me the time mm-hmm. I can get kind of through a conversation with them mm-hmm. but they got to really be interested in like chilling for a minute yeah, like yeah if somebody is trying to communicate with me quickly I can't I get it. that I get that okay so but it's there shall we move to a new one yep okay do you know do you know Sierra Nevada yeah okay that's that's like just a regular ass drink right Oh, this is nothing regular. No, about no, this, I mean like, like you see Sierra Nevada in every gro- uh, every convenience yeah, store. Yeah, Sierra Nevada is in a lot of grocery stores. Um, but this is here. I'm going to pour a little yeah. bit and then drink that, and then we'll get the. Got to cleanse the glass. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I like them both. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna try to give my opinion as as to which one was my favorite. I think I like that one a little more, but I know that this one's gonna it's gonna build. So these are these are two different two very different styles. 
the the celebration hop it's a fresh hop ipa meaning that so i'll, I'll start with this one most beers what you do is you buy the hops from um, the hop provider uh, you know distributor you know or for the farm itself but generally the hops have been picked processed dried and either in pellet form or the whole flower you can buy it in oil form you know, a bunch of different ways fresh hop means that the hops are picked they are pulled off and you get the whole cone excuse me and then within like a, literally a day of them being pop picked you put them into the beer so if somebody says we brew with fresh hops, that's what they mean. If it is a fresh or wet hop, fresh wet hop, fresh or wet hop beer. Okay. So no, Straight there's the no, line. there's no brewery that can just only brew with fresh hops because what? hops are seasonal. Well, okay. Yeah. No. So there's only there's only a certain window where, in where you can do that. Um, and the thing is, the hops are these little flowers. You can see them on the little can right there, and they got these volatile oils, the resin. And that resin um, degrades over time very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's why they process them and process, process them in a way that is oxygen-free so they don't oxidize those, those oils and the resins and whatnot don't degrade as quickly. So what are they doing? They're just vacuum sealing it, or um, they've got a, a pelletizer. So it oh. looks like looks like almost like so they like go and they food. process it. Yeah, to, they process to maintain it, maintain some of that oil, the freshness. Yeah, they they chop it up, put it into a little pill. Oh, they chop it up and they press it into like these little rabbit pellet looking things. Yeah. And then they put it in a little bag, vacuum seal it, add some nitrogen and then seal it off. And then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier, whenever we were talking about Budweiser and their mm-hmm. ability to make sure that every can you open tastes exactly the same, no matter mm-hmm. where you are in the world, you could not yeah. do that. If you were alternating between fresh, wet hops and pelletized non-seasonal hops. So you could, it would be much harder to get a similar of a product every single year. Sierra Nevada can do it um, because they have been using the same farms. They've been using the same, uh, points of reference, we'll say, for their hops, and they have master blenders that know how to make this beer consistently every single year. So it may be a little different year to year, but you know you're going to get that spicy, earthy, um, citrusy beer with the Celebration IPA. Okay. Last beer-related question I got to ask you. Please. Because I didn't get to finish the episode, so I'm just going to... We're going to clear this up now. All right. There was a guy in yep. Fort Worth who uh-huh. was a master brewer. Okay. And a bit of a psychopath, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened, you were listening to the, this happened the Halloween many, episode. Many, many years ago. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm going to butcher the shit Please. out of the story. So, so anyway, the master brewer ends up Frederick coming up. Duggar, the Duggar, Duggar, however, however you've heard the name, it's correct that way. Okay. Yeah. But he comes up missing. Everybody just says, meh, he was a transient, whatever. They go back to work. Two weeks later, the customers are complaining about their beer tasting like shit. And then they, they decide to clean out the vats. And that's whenever they find. Find him in the firm tank, the fermentation <laughs> tank. Yeah. This was here in Fort Worth. I'm going to let say yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a legend. So it's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. But every brewery's got every old brewery has this story. I, right? You know what? I'm going to stand by what I said. <laughs> it's good. It's a good legend. Yeah. I like it. I mean, even if I was one of the poor saps that drank some of that McDougan beer, mm-hmm. I think I'd just be like, oh, I didn't die. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not in there. Now I get to tell all, 
everybody about my yeah. crazy yeah. beer story. So, to McDougan. McDougan, whatever his name was. The history of beer has some fun interpretations, but um, the the experience of beer, especially now, has changed in the last 30 to 40 years uh, in a way that um, I don't think would have happened had not a couple of key people done what they decided to do in the home brewing and in the craft beer area, you know, such as, you know, Grossman from Sierra Nevada. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So there were some key points. Very much so. Yeah. Um, if, if Carter hadn't said, we're going to allow home brewing um, in like 78, somewhere around there, um, we would not have you know the the base of breweries that were made up by home brewers I'm talking about jimmy carter yeah okay so jimmy carter in 73 70 78 76 somewhere around there passed a legalized home brewing okay yeah it was illegal after prohibition right right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so brought when it, brought it back jimmy so brought when, it back so when he legalized home brewing it brought it out of the woodwork out of the closets and out of the the bathtubs where it was being made which is horrible right um and then you had people going oh i can make this i should probably start a brewery and then you have the the brewing revolution start you have the the early 80s to mid 90s where you have you know a brewery startup that probably didn't last but influenced someone to then go ooh i want to start another brewery later on and it's those people that I think are, it's those like second generation brewers that my generation of like beer drinkers like recognize the people that were influenced by them. Yeah. So the guys like Stone, you know, uh, Stone over in San Diego, like he is one of those second, third generation brewers. He did not, he liked home brewing. It's so like uh, Stone, like the beer, the yeah, like yeah, Stone, yeah. Stone IPA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he liked home brewing <clears throat> with his buddy. But they got into beer because of a brewery, right. and that brewery is no longer around. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that second, third generation brewers that built, I think, the popularity up to what now the fourth, fifth generation are like really taking off with. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And another thing you can do with almost every subject is you can look at history through the lens of that. So you can look at history through the lens of beer or automotive industry, aviation, mm-hmm. or so on and so forth. But this is a really fun one to look at history. It's through. really it's really fun one. It's a really old one. I mean, I think we're talking 6,000 BCE. Sure. You know, as soon as fermi- fer- fermenting or fermentation was discovered. Um, they didn't know what it was. No, they just knew that if you took fruit and let it sit out for a while, it made something else. Well, I mean, beer beer and wine have this fun little competing, like who was first. Uh, everybody knows tea was first, water and tea were first, but you have, you know, uh, the, the main thought is with beer, someone was making a type of bread, it got wet, and then they ate it or drank it, and we're like, hey, what's going on with this? It wasn't wheat, it wasn't hops, it was probably a millet or a suet or something like that. And then as time goes on, you know, you have up to like, you know, the Egyptians and the pyramids and all that, where literally they have fully functional breweries with malt houses and things like that, that are going on. Um, and it really doesn't become even popular in Europe until after like, I think what, 600, you know, BC, 
or oh. a 680 uh, uh, AD. Took a while to catch on. It took a while to catch on in Europe. Yeah. The Egyptians and the Middle East had a, a large brewing uh, heritage mm. way before the Europeans did. Same thing with the you know China, Japan. They had been fermenting things way before the Europeans did. It's just we, they, the drinks that they drink, we are, that are just not as popular here. I have a foggy memory of a story that uh, somebody was watching deer in a, in a field or something, and they mm. were eating the uh, the fruit that had fallen off the tree and had been sitting there for a while, and they mm. noticed that the deer were acting funny, so they looked into it, and that was another. Uh, it's probably just a stupid story that i missed no 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 no. there's there's definitely something like that because i mean elephants do that um elephants love to get drunk off of off of fruit uh fermented fruit bears um as well um i mean pretty much once the fruit gets to that fermented spot there's a the, the sugars have been transformed and so there's a there's a sugariness to that mm-hmm. that it's just extra and yeah. so, so it already tastes better it already tastes better to the animals and they're like oh hey yeah and that was <laughs> it for a while i'll pick that one up buddy you know Yo- um, yogi in the aa meetings yeah <laughs> so it's it's you know i mean as long as people have seen that that we'll, we'll use the fun word of a, a psychotropic uh, that there's a psychotropic element to it mm-hmm. not that you're you know seeing colors and all that but that it is a mind altering substance yeah. alcohol is a mind altering substance 100 yeah. um <laughs> you know um as, as, as long as people have known that about it they've been consuming it yeah yeah not that they know what it'll do yeah and maybe that's, you know, even the apple. Maybe it had something to do with alcohol. <laughs> Could be. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they did. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this with me. Dude, I got just enough for the last little bit there. <laughs> Cheers, man. Um, we can do it again anytime. Absolutely, man. That's great. I had a, I had a great time. I love, I love going on podcasts. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Well, um, let's let's drop some links let's talk about some places people can find you because now they need to know where to yeah uh, up this content the podcast is called i know nothing about beer it should be on all the the things you can go to the best way to find me is uh for my beer stuff is al the brewer on instagram okay um yeah and i think it was your instagram page where i clicked the spotify link and it took me straight on to spotify you and i before we started the show tried to look up the show directly on Instagram and for whatever reason yeah, we it was up. But the link is good. Yeah. It is on Spotify. It is you can find it. But going through your Instagram and clicking on that link for whatever that seemed like the way to go. Yeah, and I've got a um I, I can share it with you um when I uh, I can share it with you the, the site, but there's a um, there's someone that literally will link um you to will provide you a link that if you click on it can give anybody uh will provide all the different podcasting links to your podcast so even if you don't use spotify or stitcher or like i use pocket cast which isn't as popular Mm -hmm. i really loved it because i've been using it for like 10 years but it's not as popular with everybody else and so um and likewise because i've got uh simple cast so deal yeah and so it 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 allows you to check out allows you to click and go like oh i use this podcast provider so i'll Right. I'll click on that. I need to have that on my, yeah. on my website. And yeah. then my uh, other, so Instagram at all the brewer. And then my other deal is uh, my dad Domesticus. So mm-hmm. you just look up dad Domesticus on YouTube. And that is my other place where I make videos, cover songs, 
uh, uh, parody songs. Uh, I just did one called In My Garage, Do Weezer's In The Garage, <laughs> uh, which is really fun and stupid. Uh, I have a whole song about getting hit in the balls by my kids. <laughs> yeah. That's just part of being a dad. I mean, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> Christmas time is coming up, and there's a one song I wrote years ago uh, about the time that I told my brother that uh, Rudolph fell on Santa Claus and killed him. Um, so Kids, listen to me. If the kids are listening, that so is a, that is that is a, a song. Story. That is a song that uh, that is a song about something that I did that was very mean, and Santa Claus was not happy with me that year. <laughs> Put it that way. But they'll have to go to your YouTube to check it out. Yeah, YouTube, okay, Dad Domesticus. Cool. YouTube.com slash Dad Domesticus. And all of this will be in the show notes. Sweet. So y'all didn't have to write any of that down. Al, thank you. Man, again. thank you, And Holmes. thanks for bringing the beer. You're Absolutely. Like I said, you're welcome anytime. All right. <laughs> thanks, thank y'all for being here. We'll see you next week. Al, Alan, my buddy, my pal, thank you for coming on the show and being part of Fort Worth Roots. This was a fun episode. How could it not be? He brought beer. Do you like beer? I like beer. If you come on the show and you bring me beer, I will be happy. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Go check out I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. Uh, lots of good stuff on here. It's, uh, it's informative, fun, and there's just tons of goofy stuff in there just kind of like Fort Worth Roots but with a totally different uh, view uh, spectrum what am I trying to say I don't know thank y'all for being here I'll see you next week oh by the way this episode is late this episode is really late we went on a trip to Vegas yeah and it screwed up everything if you are ever in a position where you're trying to decide which airline to take and you're kind of meandering back and forth between the idea of taking a Spirit Airlines trip or not, listen, if you've got the dough, you might want to check a different airline. Spirit is known for their a la carte pricing or you get to pick exactly what you want. Like, okay, I don't, I don't need to take any bags. I'm just going to fly Spirit because I just need a ticket to get my ass from one point to another. I don't mind if the seats are super tiny and I'm crammed in there like sardines. That might be the airline for you. But if you are taking your laptop on a two-hour trip and you're expecting to get some work done, I could not get my laptop open. I'm, a, I'm not a huge guy. I'm not a thin guy. But I could not get my laptop open far enough to see my screen in my seat with my computer in my lap and the seats do not recline so this is not like the person in front of me was reclining their chair no there is no space on these seats <laughs> anyway i don't get to blame spirit airlines for the show or this episode being late but i uh, i had intended to work on the show this episode on the plane and get it done uh while we were flying through the airs and uh just did not work out so and then of course we got to vegas and i'm like surely i'll just get up early one morning before everybody else does and i'll work on the show and yeah it just never happened we went to see uh, ron white and that show started at 10 o'clock it actually didn't begin until 10 30 there was an opener ron white came on stage at like 10 45 or 11 we were so exhausted 
And then the next morning, I'm supposed to get up early and work on the show. It just wasn't happening. I crawled out of bed at like 7.30, and everybody else was already up. I don't know why you would care to hear that, but things do happen, and I do my best to make sure that these episodes come out on time every single Monday, and it kills me. I had a terrible week this week because I was just worried and distraught and upset that this show did not come out on time. Um, So... Thank you for being patient with me. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, But it does bother me when these don't come out on time. So shame on me. Shame on Spirit Airlines. I'm just kidding, Spirit Airlines. It was a great flight, actually. We we arrived. The the flight attendant asked me, asked all of us as passengers, that if you're going to complain about your flight, then you should also, uh, in reverse, you should say good things whenever good things happen. You know, if you're going to go out of your way to, to bring up every time something bad happens on a flight, you should also talk about the good stuff. And to Spirit Airlines credit, we got to Vegas 37 minutes early. That's pretty incredible. That jet was hauling ass. I, we passed a geese doing 90. It was incredible. Anyway, I, I guess I'm in a babbling mood today. How are you today? Do you have a good weekend? Everything okay? How's the family? Getting ready for Christmas? Did you get all your shopping done? Hmm? Did you? Still got a few things to get, like everybody else? Gonna wait till the last minute, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, Jerry. Thank you all for listening to the show. And I will see you next week. Actually, I'm going to try to get two episodes done today so that I can make up for the late episode. I shouldn't make Al wait any longer for this to come out. So this one has to come out now. And then I will try to get next week's episode out quickly. I'm not done babbling. I got to tell you guys about Panther City Lacrosse Club. We just went and saw a game Friday night. And it was awesome. It's out here at Dickey's Arena. And uh, it is the newest um, venue in town. And it's beautiful. They're they're keeping it up. It's brand new, so I shouldn't be like, oh my god, it looks so great for something that's two years old, I think. But they are. I mean, there's not a scratch on the walls. Everything is perfect. Like, they just opened the doors. It's a beautiful facility. I can't wait to see what else goes on at this place. But Fort Worth now has its only uh, professional sports team at Dickey's Arena. And it is the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Um, awesome game. I got to tell you, I don't know exactly what was going on because the rules are a little different than other sports that I've uh, been exposed to. This is my first time uh, with lacrosse, and it was fun. Not just the game, but the, the presentation of how they do it. If you, I'm sure you have, who hasn't been to a pro uh, sports game, but you go to like the Stars or a Cowboys game or whatever, and uh, you know, you know, there's. There's other things. There's lights and buzzers and people coming on the big TV thing and playing games with the crowd. It was very engaged. Uh, It was a a great presentation. We might even be going back next week to watch another game. And I am trying my damnedest to get these people back on the show. And now I think I should probably tell you about the worst thing that has ever happened to me uh, doing this podcast. I got the opportunity to go to Media Day with the Panther City Lacrosse Club. 
They had Fox 4 News there. They had a bunch of other people there to take pictures and record video. And I mean, it was a big presentation. And they actually reached out to me to ask if I'd like to come to this thing. And of course, I said yes. I was so excited. So the day came. I was on time. I had my gear. I set it all up. They gave me my own table just outside of the main room. Uh, put the big Fort Worth Roots banner up. Everything was going great. The interviews flowed well. I got to sit down with four of the teammates. The owner of the team! I got to sit down with him, too. And we had 35 to 40 minutes of recording. And then the absolute unthinkable happened. The power cord got kicked out of the wall. And this is nobody's fault but mine because I knew that janky-ass plug was going to be an issue if I wasn't careful. And sure enough, it got kicked out of the wall. There are several ways that I could have prevented this, and I didn't do any of it. I lost the entire recording. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got a video. I'll try to incorporate it in this if I can do it. I think I can. If If you want to, go to YouTube. I'm putting it up right now. On this recording, you can see the moment where I realized what I had done (laughs) or what I had not done. It was through inaction that this occurred. Oh, God. I'm still sick about it. I'm really upset because these guys were awesome. They told me some incredible stories and I screwed up. I allowed the recording to get screwed up. So... I am going to send out emails today to that team, once again, begging for another opportunity. It really was cool. Uh, Bottom line is, these people are awesome. You should go out and support them. We had a great time. It's at a great venue. They put on a great performance, and it's more than just the game. It's, It's the experience. And I will tell you this, for half the price of a nosebleed seat ticket at a Stars game, for half that price, we were sitting nose to the glass in front row seats watching this game almost on field level it's uh it's economical (laughs) that word sounds funny when i say it you try it see how it sounds um okay that really is it thank y'all for letting me babble i will probably i'm gonna try to get you out two episodes this week we'll see if that works anyway at very least Thank you for bearing with me whenever I have these little delays. Panther City Lacrosse Club, if you're listening to this, I want to come back so bad. And uh, you, you guys had an amazing first game. They did not win, but it was a great performance. I really feel like as far as putting on their inaugural event, everything went off without a hitch. It was great. Thank you all for uh, putting on a wonderful show. And I want to come back. I want to record with you again. Please, let's do that. Let's do it today. Call me. I'm coming right now. All right. Uh, That's it. I love you. Have a good week. Bye. Texas has a reputation for being tough on crime, but beneath the surface, in the darkness, is an incredible number of mysteries left undone. There are monsters among us. 
there are approximately 20,000 unsolved homicides throughout the Lone Star State, cases that have gone cold, waiting for new information or evidence. On Gone Cold Podcast, Texas True Crime, we tell in-depth stories of these unsolved murders and missing persons cases, from the historic and mysterious 1948 disappearance of Denton co-ed Virginia Carpenter, to the unspeakably brutal 2014 slang of Delisa Kelly in Dallas. This was personal. It was personal. Join us weekly as we attempt to keep these terrible and tragic stories alive in hopes the victim's loved ones can one day see justice. You can subscribe to Gone Cold, Texas True Crime, wherever you listen to podcasts.